broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking... <laughs> Uh, guys, if you're not if you're not listening to the show live, LewisStreetGeek.net slash live, you're missing out on some on some grade A material. Let me tell you, it's not always Josh and I talking about um, you know uh, various strange methods of masturbation, etc. There is some some legitimate content in there, and uh, boy, did we go in! Did we really go in on uh, one of our listeners today, friend of the show, Audrey, who's who's here in the live chat? But you guys are missing out, so make sure every other Thursday we're there. You know. Hey, you know what's special about Monday? What's that, baby? The podcast is going to release on a, a very special day on the calendar, which is um, uh, Audrey's birthday. I think that's the only thing going on that day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think Monday's, I was thinking, here's Monday coming around the corner. Nothing really to talk about, celebrate, or consider. So or why do about. I not have to work? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Audrey's birthday. That's Audrey's Good excuse birthday. to... Uh, you know, to shove hot dogs down your throat and various other cookout things. <clears throat> or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever but you want to shove down there. Before we get to before we get to Audrey's birthday on Monday, we have to go to Rusha. Rusha. Mother Ruska. Mother Ruska. I, I think it has come up before how <clears throat> I probably mentioned it like, oh, you know what's a bummer is that, you know, they're FBI agents, so it doesn't lend a lot of reasons for international involvement. Uh huh. Yes. In general, and it's kind of exciting when it does. It absolutely is. Now I know that you're a big spy fan, right? I am. I I know that this. I know that spycraft. I know that words like. Um, let me see if I can remember the exact phrase. Tradecraft. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what What is it? It, it is. Um, uh, uh, Cover credentials. <clears throat> I know that when Marita says that, or anything, let's be frank. <clears throat> I know that Mar- when Marita says, I'm going to get you cover credentials, that there's a part of you deep in your heart where you go, I love that. I just love that phrase, cover credentials, right? Yeah. That international spy stuff is so cool. Yeah, whenever I tap into something in that genre that I connect with, I have this fucking insane, like out of body, like I should have done this with my life. I should have mm. given up all my friends and family and everything for a <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely un, uh, unawarded life of fucking horrible service and very not glamorous in reality. Yeah. But, but God, then how would you, it. yeah. But then how would you take, how would you take any victory laps to stroke your ego if you couldn't <laughs> well, tell Well, then later I would start a podcast about it after I was <laughs> yes. compromised by a politician. After, yeah. after, after it was declassified, you would be like, yeah, I was a fucking spook. No big. We've done operations. Ask me about it. <laughs> Use lots of cool terms. Just drop, drop hot terms. Cover credentials, yeah. motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. Good shit, man. Good oh, shit. Yeah. Makes me want to play a spy game, but I know it does. I I knew the second she said cover credentials, you probably thought that. The mm-hmm. second you have to go to a beautiful woman's house in the middle of the night for international papers in probably a lay. By the way, does uh, he fuck her there? Dude, I I don't know if we're gonna bury the lead, but <laughs> I wanted to jump to I don't think he did, 
But I don't either. I'm, but he kind of was had there that, an invitation. I, I I think Marita was ready to fuck. I kind of think so. So, but listen to this, dude. Here's what's so fucking awesome about it. Mulder has the demeanor of a veteran whore because he literally leaves his child handcuffed to the steering wheel while he goes upstairs to fuck his client. <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's like veteran level whore shit. Like mommy's got to work, spit your gum out, go upstairs while your kid's handcuffed to the fucking steering wheel. Right. As I got to make ends meet you little punk <laughs> upstairs. You go, ma. I love it. I didn't even realize he was in the car till he came back down from Marita's and he cry check still in the fucking car. How like, much did you piss? just bang her while you chained him to the car? How much piss are in the floor mats of that fucking Buick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cry check is in there for the better part of two days, I think. <laughs> Mulder gets back to the car. Oh, fuck. He waves a wave in front of his nose. Cry check goes, oops. <laughs> yeah i think uh it's a clear invitation and i think that cut of him getting into the car is is to show is the no is the no because to placate, to placate all the shippers because they would lose their mind if Mulder ever had a sexual relationship with anybody but scully also because as the chat is so succinctly pointing out it looks like carolyn uh audrey harper are all talking about it right now they're talking about the tension between the sexual tension between Krychek and Mulder is palpable. It is like Florida humidity. As soon as you open the door, you feel it. <laughs> it's just like you don't need to write fanfic. It's writing itself right in front of you. <laughs> this is good fanfic writing because it's real subtle looks. Mm. It's not quite as crass as what we read, which was literally him jamming his dick in his mouth in an alleyway <laughs> while handcuffed. <laughs> this is a little more subtle. This is this is the pregame, you could say, to that tale. Yes, a little pre-com. <clears throat> right. So uh, maybe that's about it. But so let me uh, let me get back. We should back. Let me yeah, back it up. Tunguska overall. What are your thoughts? Do you remember it? How do you feel about it? And and let me ask you because I think, and I'll I'll follow up on this later. I feel like you probably have a better pulse as to where mythology is as we watch it than I do because I've got a little bit more convoluted what happens when. So how do you feel about the episode? Do you remember it? And how do you feel about where mythology is at? Um, I still think mythology is, it seems to be okay. I don't feel like it's jumped the shark yet. I still think they're doing a good job from where I'm sitting now with, with, with shitty memory of what's coming to have, to be stringing us along, which is what you're, what you, what you need to do as a showrunner. You got to kind of string us along and give us some stuff. I still feel like it hasn't been compromised. It hasn't really jumped the shark yet. In terms of, go ahead. No, no, no. In I terms gonna of, go, okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank needlessly. You. Needlessly. I know. I, I could, I'm terrible about that. So I, I think that I, I definitely like this episode and I, I guess I like the cloak and dagger stuff. I I like that it's a two-parter because it feels like a lot happens. I took a ton of notes. So to be frank, I'm still sort of processing how I feel. But anytime you bring Crycheck back into the mix, anytime you get us moving internationally, going to Russia, being chased by Russian men, on horseback who whip you into unconsciousness and lock you in some random <laughs> prison out in the middle of fucking Siberia. 
that interests me. I like that. I like the black ooze. I like diplomatic bags and diplomatic credentials and airport fuckery. All of that stuff speaks to me on the spy craft level. And I like that. Now, how, how this concludes, I don't really know if it will be satisfactory, but I really like the setup of Tunguska. I also like Tunguska as a one of those wild events in history that happened in 1908, um, which, is, which is a real thing that happened, and it's insane, dude. There's actual images of the forests in a, in a Soviet Academy science journal, which I guess leaked somehow. Just, just leveled, just leveled trees from some sort of. I guess you'd call them. I know they call them near earth, near earth objects when they miss. But I guess this is an air burst meteoroid, and that is fucking crazy. And those numbers that Mulder threw out were not mm, were not bullshit. It was twenty one hundred and fifty kilometers of forest just devastated. That's insane, dude. Twenty one hundred and fifty kilometers just a rough estimate that's like a thousand miles of destruction wrap your head around that for for just a second and then to make it an x-file is cool now just because you invoke tinguska and just because you go to tinguska doesn't mean you just have a good episode of tv so because it's a two-parter i might pussyfoot around deciding if this is really good until i see it conclude but boy i'm I'm excited to know what happens next. So insofar as this is an episode part one, I think it's successfully done its job. I don't know why I can't say I love it yet, but I do really like it. Okay. All right. I will uh, follow up to say when you start talking about Tunguska, this reminds me, and this is crazy. I don't remember if it's conversation. We, we have probably had the conversation on this podcast, but it also could be from listening to you on another LSG podcast. Okay. But talking about <clears throat> how you love things that play. And I, no, I'm sorry. It was this fucking podcast because it was, it was musings of a, last week. Yes. Yeah. The play and you, you brought up vampire as a setting world of darkness. Sure. As, as a mythology that, that takes real-world events and ties them into this, this mythology, this world-building. Yes. So I love that fucking shit. I'm, yes. It's, it, it lends something a little bit more to me than, than kind of pulling something out of thin air insofar as it's, it's something that involves our world. So if you, if you take something that actually happened and you give me another reason of – what it caused or why it happened or what it related to. I'm like, Oh fuck. Not mm. that I'm like a sucker for believing in conspiracy theory, but that's why I find them interesting. Like I really don't believe most of them, but it's such a, it's a, it's a cool, you know, thought exercise basically is, is how I look at it. And yep. um, yeah, th- this is so cool. Like, yeah, it was probably a, a fucking meteoroid, whatever, but like, Oh wait, what if it wasn't? And what a great vessel for for um for to to take us to that place um of x files yeah. and th- i will say that i feel like numerous times in the show and probably multiple times to come i have said this you know we downplay mythology but this is great and you know it's great up to here and this is the point and then it kind of falls off from here and i fucking keep saying it because i'm like no this is still fucking cool like this is enough of the game of of giving us a little bit more of of playing out a little bit more of showing a little bit more without as you said jumping the shark 
I'm glad you feel the same way because even though I, even though you're telling me that I might have a better perspective on it, I think ultimately you probably do just because you can kind of see it mapping out and know whether or not this will play, how this will sort of play out. So I guess it's a relief to hear that, to know we're still, we're still, we're, we're, no, we're holding steady. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're holding, we, Fonzie has, is not water skiing just yet. <laughs> Fonzie is not, for anybody, by the way, under 40, yeah. Uh, Fonzie is not, <laughs> or maybe even 50 at this point. I don't know. I watched reruns as a kid, but um, Fonzie, Fonzie hasn't even gotten out onto the water yet. So I think we're safe, right? Yes. And when I say you have a better um, perspective, it's more that, I think sometimes I I kind of lose place of where we're at in mythology and what Aha. happens after this and before it. And I think you might be a little bit more fresh on that. Tabula rasa. Yeah. I have no not, fucking clue, right? Right, right. So so I can look at it and be like, well, I like this, but I'm like, wait, what ha- like is does this does this this thing already happen? Like have we seen that? And I'll I'll kind of forget about a bit bits or pieces. Sure. And um you know, like the the black oil. I talked about how much I love that in Piper Maru. It's such a cool thing. What a great effect. Mm. And you take that and you bring it up a notch with this black oil into these little crazy fucking worm things. Yes. Oh, those little worms, dude. I hate. That's the type of body horror that gets to me. That That burrowing under your flesh, you can't stop it. You can't fight it. You don't, it, it's, it's fucking gross. I, I know Rob Bowman produces this episode. I don't, I'm not really sure who directs it. Um, I do have the beginning on right now and the credits are sort of flashing before me. So I think I'm going to know in just a second here because I don't have IMDb open. Oh wait, yes I do. I got it. It is, is it, who directed it? Commanders. Yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. By the way, so, um, sorry, on no, no, the no, body horror. Yes. City Alpha 5. Oh, God. City Alpha 5. They wrap themselves round the cerebral cortex. This is City Alpha 6. (laughs) It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Driving a man insane. Mm. (laughs) I love that fucking, that Spaniard accent. I mean, he's Mexican, but you know what I'm saying? That accent is just so sick. In creating madness. (laughs) 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 Like the original Antonio Banderas. But no, it's um yeah, I in it's it's you you said something earlier, you said it tying this back to the event. I can't believe I didn't even make that connection. I mean, I did. I know Tunguska is a thing, but I didn't even think of it in the context of tying it into the story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I and I think that's a positive because I because unlike maybe some of the issues we had with CSM, specifically issues you brought up, like really he affected the Bills' outcomes in the uh, AFC Championship game, so they wouldn't go to the or, or or in the Super Bowl, so they wouldn't win the Super Bowl. That seems a bit much. Yeah. Even though we both admit that we like this tangential connection to real world events, I think why this one is better than that one from that standpoint is because it's not it it's not. It's not just being said. It's not just being thrown out there as dialogue that says, I did this, I did that, and I did this. We actually see how they have to weave this into the narrative and it's done so in a subtle manner that's not over the top to me. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. want to bring up something that was mentioned in the chat. Uh, did you ever see the movie Evolution? I don't think so. So it's funny that people are bringing it up. I think White Death brought up originally uh, in the chat it's David Duchovny is the lead in it. David Duchovny Ooh. and Julian, Julian Moore. 
Um, Julianne Moore in 01. That is fucking straight from the factory. Julianne Moore. Prime time. But uh, what's his name? Steve Zahn. Not Steve Zahn. Jesus Christ. Stifler. I hate to. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. uh, Orlando Jones. Ooh. What the fuck is he doing these days? I was talking. I don't know. I was he's a seven-up guy, right? He's a stand-up. Yeah. He's yes, he's, he's he's good stand-up. Yeah. I was talking about this movie. Good friend of mine, Kyle, who you know, he oh, I just I just saw him the other day, right? Yes, yep. Uh, he's good people. Not a nerd. He's a fucking yeah, hardworking farmer type. But yeah. he has a few nerd n- niches, niches, not niches. Um, niches. <laughs> a few nerd <laughs> niches. <laughs> um, and one of them, like he has these few properties basically that he's all into and it's mainly star wars and ghostbusters okay he is one of the biggest ghostbusters fans i've ever met in my life that's right and we were talking about this movie recently he's actually been helping me out at work because he's off from his current job because of surgery so we've been kind of oh, fun. See, like i didn't know i didn't know if he worked over there i, I actually was going to ask you that when i saw you guys at the cafe yeah he he has been recently he used to full-time i knew he day. used to then he then he got a real job with fucking benefits. Not on. <laughs> hey, hashtag don't be a farmer. Farmers. Um, <laughs> but I brought up evolution. It's I, I, people might call me crazy crazy for saying this, but it's like a spiritual sequel to Ghostbusters. Okay, it's the same kind of vibe. It's you know it deals with supernatural shit. There's a lot of action, but there's there's a great chemistry of the main crew. There's a great humor. I mean, it's nothing really plot wise at all like Ghostbusters, but there's just this, this feel to that. Like there's not a lot of movies like that, that kind of sci-fi action comedy group of people taking on this supernatural thing. And, um, interesting. And, and yeah, as Moxie brought up in the chat, Ackroyd does have an appearance in it and oh, dude, highly recommend. I mean, it's okay. not a, I'll watch I wouldn't it. call it a great, great film, but it is a fucking fun ride, man. It's a blast. Ackroyd, uh, dude, Ethan Suple. Ethan Suple is the guy who, who, uh, it's not who a, f- is a sailboat. <laughs> that yeah. Guy? Did, have you seen him? No. Is he dude, skinny now? Trent, dude, he's a beast. He's a fucking power lifter. I'm 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 so happy what? for him. Dude, he's a fucking beast. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a real cool transformation. He was never going to be a skinny guy, but he lost a ton of weight and he's jacked. He's fucking huge. There's um, no Easter was, bunny. There is no Easter bunny. Uh dude, you know who else is in this fucking movie? Ted Levine is in uh Evolution. And, oh uh, shit. That's fucking wild Bill. Yeah. And also he's in Heat and shit. She a big, great, big, fat person. <laughs> I can't believe he's in that. That's awesome. It might be. It might be a movie. I mean, dude. No matter what, watch it. I'm trying to think of like, is there enough balance of stuff happening versus comedy to like make it a, actually a good movie to cover? Sure. Um, and I, th- I oh, think oh, it might I see, be. But but no matter what, dude, take a watch, man. It's it's fun, and you know it's Duchovny. So if you like X Files, it's Duchovny with a hot redhead chick. So right, <laughs> it's right, pretty much X Files. Uh, Ivan Reitman, you know, he was the guy who he was the producer of the heavy metal animated, the guy who directs it. That's pretty wild. Ivan Reitman, Ghostbusters. Yeah, he produced Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't even know he produced heavy metal. Until oh fuck, now. that's. And I'm sorry. That's how it came up with Kyle. Because he's oh, such okay. a Ghostbusters nerd, he knows fucking everything that Reitman did. Like after that, he <laughs> was like, talking well, was... to me about Ghostbusters too. Like the or not not too. I'm sorry, the new coming Ghostbusters, who's, yes, which is made by Reitman's son. I think it's mm. Jason Reitman, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about. 
Yeah, it's like it's like when it's like when Frank Herbert's kid or when Brian Herbert's kid starts writing Dune novels. You're like, all right, <laughs> like your dad's a once in a lifetime kind of author, and you're not bad. Like I, I'll read your books, but like, chill you got the, the fuck same out. Same last for, name. And, chill the and fuck out for two seconds. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they redid Thrawn. I'm like, all right, everybody oh, yeah. relax. Even though yeah. it was still, even though it was Timothy Zahn. Yeah, but, but that's like. Kind of, kind of like, are you just capitalizing on the fact that this is a thing now? Like, do it's you really have a like good story 40, to tell? It, yeah, it's the forty-five-year-old player coming back to the team he started on. You're like, hey, are you? Oh, you're writing another yeah. Dritz, seek another trilogy, huh? <laughs> Twenty-seven Dritz books. That's what we need. You be nice to our Salvador. <laughs> I know. I've, I've I will, read probably twenty. I will of them. end this call. <laughs> He's a local boy. We take care of our own. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tunguska. Tunguska. Um, right off the bat, Josh, with Tunguska. Actually, that doesn't stand, does it? I don't think saying right off the bat works when you're 40 minutes in. <laughs> kind of no. kind of the wrong expression. I think we're committed to non-sequential in this one. <laughs> right off the bat, what I was gonna say. It's not, Dean. It's like opening the fifth fucking inning. You know opening impressions. What do you Let have? me give you my opening impressions on this episode. Cool. I podcast. Seven years. Haven't figured it out though. <laughs> Keep trying. So um Crycheck fucking rules. I know this is not a controversial statement, but I love, here's what I love about this episode. The position Mulder and Scully find themselves in, in having to deal with Crycheck, and we're going to talk about how that happens, in watching Alex Crycheck cause so much concern and anxiety between Mulder and Scully because of his disreputable nature. And if there's anything I love about a classic spy tale, is the ability for us to take a known antagonist, stick him with the protagonists, and have him do things that help them and them be not sure if they can trust him. That That's hard to write. And I really like seeing this here. I, I just love that. It's just, oh, I love it. If I can shoot it into me. I love that so shit. Good. Yeah, and and what a perfect, you've, you've built all this backstory. You know, like think about, if you do a spy movie, you want that role, right? You yes. want somebody to play that kind of role, but that's the advantage of TV where Crycheck can play that role for the audience because he's earned it. We've seen it. We've gone through it. The characters have experienced it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he fucking killed Mulder's dad. Dude. And, and the sister, he says. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I don't know if he was the actual gunman, but he was there on it. I don't remember. Yes. So the, the setup is, if you haven't seen this up in a while, essentially they're doing a raid on, on, on what they call a right extremist group and we're getting into fertilizer and enough fertilizer to create lots of bombs, 2,000 kilos, a boom, boom, as he says. I thought he was talking about blow, but I guess not. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and lo and behold, who do they pull out of this right extremist group but Crycheck hidden among them who says, oh, I gave you the receipts, I handed you this case. And now Mulder's like, what the fuck? Why are you here? And Mulder's interest goes from this right extremist group, which, by the, by the way, they get into an assault rifle alleyway shootout with. Oh, Jesus Christ. God. And uh, I, love, I love Mulder and Scully's cute little helmets. Just let the tack guys handle this. Just get in your car. <laughs> let the tack guys square this away and leave it alone. But, um, and, and here he is. And he just starts going, oh, I'm fucking crycheck. Now I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to start telling you what's going on. They're in Flushing, Queens. And he just says, hey, I handed you this bust. 
I'm looking for the man who tried to kill me and, and your dad and your sister. And I want to expose him and his crimes and all the shit. And they're like, what the fuck? This is how you contact us? Like, what are you doing? The right, common, what's, what's, the common enemy. That's the thing. Common, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's three people or three parties, I guess, not just individual people, but you have Crycheck, you have kind of Mulder and Scully and, you know, maybe Skinner or whatever, whoever kind of mm. supports them. And then them. Right. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And boy, it's, it's, that's what you're talking about. It's great to have that kind of tension of like, you have the common goal. You're, you're kind of going after the same thing in a way, or at least a part of it, mm-hmm. but you're forced to and, and forced to not just work with somebody that you kind of disagree with, somebody that you fucking um, hate. Yes. Glendy G and I are in the, on the same fucking wavelength in chat. She typed that right after I said it. And she probably didn't hear it because of the delay. So, bam, simpatico. But yeah, man, (laughs) that's a good point. This isn't like fucking Joe Schmuckatelli, by the way. I'm stealing that (laughs) from you. You said said that on the 300 app on um, Decipher Sci-Fi, and I literally laughed out loud. You're like private Schmuckatelli. I don't know why I thought it was so funny. Because it's such like a 50s thing to say. I don't know why, but that's still that's still the reference used in the Marine Corps for like dumbass that's, fucking that's junior so Marine. Perfect. But so you're not so in this situation to get back to the point, Joe Schmuckatelli at work is like, ugh, I gotta work with this guy. That's one thing. It's funny, right? It's funny to hear. That's one thing. It's even worse if it's like, I hate this guy. I don't like them at all. I think they're bad. I think they're dangerous. They killed that's my a, dad. Yeah, like what the fuck, man? Yeah, I don't yeah, want to work with this guy. Here's another thing I want to bring up, kind of uh, conceptually about this episode that sure. I I realized about two thirds of the way into it. This is an episode that doesn't have a ton of Mulder and Scully, and yeah. that's something we we knock a bit. And I realized hmm. one way to get around that is to pair them up outside of each other with really interesting characters that we want to see them with. Yes. Yes. Because let's nature abhors a vacuum. So you kind of have to fill it. Okay. This is like a fucking, uh, para, uh, what am I trying to say? This is a fucking Parable. proverb night over proverb. here. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy. What, what, what fucking, how else am I going to regale people with my fucking Chinese fortune cookie bullshit next? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, but it, but to that point is, how do we fill it? Where do we put in that gap? What, what's the power vacuum? Meaning their performance, their chemistry, yes. they're the fucking show. Because a lot of times when when we get our when we get our leads split here, we end up seeing them with the random detective in that town, or mm-hmm. or on their own. Of of course, Mulder. That's his special specialty, just running going off. off on his own. Mm-hmm. But here we get Mulder with Crycheck, and that amazing fucking dynamic <sighs> we're talking about and you get scully with of course pendril which is what everybody wants to see i'm kidding i meant skinner but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. gotta make him <laughs> P- pendril's there he's there he goes <laughs> he fucking risks life and limb for scully by the way yeah no, no, no big deal no biggie 
after Mulder reveals nothing and disappears to fucking Mother Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to plane the motherfucker. Here come Russia. the spoilers in the ch- in the chat or the uh the shippers in the chat. Well, she he was trying to protect her. He he didn't want her to know anything that could trouble her. No, he's just doing what he always does, which is fucking not telling her shit and going off and doing whatever he wants to do on his quest for the truth. Let me drag my bucket over so I can spit my lunch into it. <laughs> oh, these fucking women. Look at every margin. Carolyn yeah. Harper. Yeah. Pendle's scared. He's scared and he he goes in anyway. All right. Yeah. You want a proverb? Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's acting in spite of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Pendrel, that man is a hero because he acted in spite of the fear. Oh, God. Fucking proverbs. This is it. Now you've, un- now you've uncorked the beasts. <laughs> this will be our new animal pun fucking thing we're on for three episodes. Awesome. Oh, fuck. That is funny, man. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, it really is. Right. So get back to this whole thing about the pairings. Isn't it? Yes. Doesn't it like kind of just make you almost forget in a way you're not getting Mulder and Scully together? Yeah, actually. Because it was it was a perfect camouflaging of that material fact and i didn't even think about it until you said it so you noticed it and are saying it and i go oh yeah you're right but but you're right in so far as you're literally right but it doesn't to your point matter i totally missed it and it didn't even occur to me that that could be a negative that is an issue because they fixed it so well right yeah boy yep. What a shitty fucking podcast. <laughs> Couldn't I have just said, yes, but the episode covers it up with the pairings and I didn't notice. No, I had to say it uh, with passive, weak, weird, twisty <laughs> voice, you know? I, like I, need, it. I think I need a drink. <laughs> Work your way towards. I'm drinking a Founders All Day IPA, sir. <clears throat> you should get yourself one. I only have hard liquor behind me, dude. Yeah, you need a mini fridge down there because the only thing you have to turn to is rum and whiskey. <laughs> and it's typically going to be Kyle Whiskey or old-fashioned bully boy. Let's have a sip of bully boy. Keep talking. There you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, oh, no. it's funny because as you led into this, this discussion of the episode and, and kind of your thoughts on it. You like that? I love that noise. Oh, I love that noise. Um, you talked about it like, yeah, you're not ready to say it's a love and I wasn't either. I'm coming in at a at a solid like as well on this one. Mm. But then I, you know, you start breaking it down, and you got you got the tie-ins to real world history. You got, you know, like we talked about with Sunguska, you got the the trade craft, the spy shit, the diplomatic yes. courier, all yes. that kind of shit. You got Cover the black oils. <laughs> yes, you got Hot the mythology. Blondes. Oh my God, Marita! I feel like a lot of X Files fans have something against this character, Marita. Be- because for the same reason they hate Pendril, dare anything come between the grand fucking romantic narrative that is the endless sexual tension and blah, 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 blah. Sorry. Dude, Marita is, uh, she's something else. She, there's something, um, I think there's, I think what, I think what heightens her allure is her mysterious nature. We know so little about her. What is she, a special counselor in the UN, something like that? Yeah, and there's this, she she has this, and I don't mean weak, she has a soft kind of demeanor, 
but also this look in her eyes that's saying, I know something you don't know. And there's something very intriguing about that. And she's obviously quite confident, which goes many, many light years. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's, yeah, I don't know. Because, which is funny because I, I didn't, I thought she was, I thought she was a nice looking woman on paper when I watched her in Walking Dead, but she annoyed me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like she's yes. a much different character in that. In, right. But right, I think right. she's a good, she's a very good actress in, in Walking Dead. She's, I mean, she has to go through a lot of fucking shit in that show and she's great. Um, yep. She gets to and flex I, her chops a lot in that. <clears throat> yeah. So not just to talk, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, but it is the character that like there is this allure. And yes. like fucking White Death says, she's yes. a femme fatale. Right? Yes. Which is funny because I so often reserve that. Some call her a succubus. Who called her Voss? Voss said she's a succubus. For some reason, I always associate mysterious women with dark hair. I don't. Mm. I know. I don't know why. I I, I think maybe the exception is the Nazi girl in Last Crusade. You know, blonde. Indy. Yeah, her. We can we can take it. (laughs) That's how we say goodbye in Germany. But um, (laughs) but but for some reason I do. I that that. That all I always have, and I always kind of will. So for her to un, for her to sort of break through my own bias, it, it it says something about her. And yes, it's it, there's an intrigue to her character that heightens her allure. Mysterious people to some people that creates an allure, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. But all that bullshit aside, she is a fine actress who I don't know if she gets a chance to do much in X Files, but I can speak to her acting ability in terms of the walking dead. And I think she's pretty fucking stellar in that show. Yeah. Even though the character made me want to throw up sometimes. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, getting back to, you know, you're talking about Crytek's role in this, this individual story, another mysterious like, and sexy man. Right. But you know, you talk about that, the enemy of the enemy, the femme fatale. I mean, we're really hitting all the wickets. Like if you, if you take away the supernatural shit and you look at this as we're writing a, a espionage spy mm. kind of story. What are, what are the boxes you want to check? Okay. Like, yeah. You want to be creative about your writing and whatever, but you know, what, what are kind of some key things, some key roles and man, the episode really hits all of them. And you know, that this two parter episode is really hitting them. You know, again, we're, we're talking about this as a lead mm. up, no spoilers. Um, but, but I think that's another great part of it is that, it goes beyond just a good X-Files episode, beyond just good mythology, and really makes this, you know, as I think a handful of other episodes have done, but feel like a no-shit, like, spy thriller. For sure. For sure. And that's a awesome. no-shit spy thriller. That's a great way to say it. Um, and so many action pieces that you would assume you would see in a spy picture. Uh, let's talk about some of those beats. Crycheck, first of all, uh, Carolyn in the chat is talking about Shirtless Skinner. If we're going to fawn over, if we're going to fawn over Marita, we need to fawn over Skinner because he's hot. There's a lot of he's, sexual energy in this episode. He, huh? He's what you, yeah. What else is new? <laughs> if there isn't, we'll create our own and our listeners. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But um, but uh, he he is somebody that I would. Skinner has what what. Skinner has the animal magnetism, right? That's his thing. He sort of steer, he stirs the beast, so to speak, right? Yes. You would on paper, if you just saw like headshots, you'd be like, all right, it's kind of a balding guy with, you know, symmetrical features, but 
okay. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick him out of a lineup. You do because you know his personality. Yeah. And that's if what you I watch mean. His magnetism. Yes. yes. Different story. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a fucking Nazi. Unless you're in the Nazis. He's not just a Nazi. He's kind of like a bitch. Uh, yes, he is. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of a sniveler. Let's right. be real. C- credit to Plaggy as an actor. It's not yes. just this pure, he's no Brad Pitt. Let's be honest. I mean, he's not a bad not. looking guy. But right. it's the energy he does have. This, like you said, this fucking just big dick energy. Like whatever. Yes. I'm sorry, yes. like that's what yeah. it is. Fucking, he's got the alpha shit. Yeah, um, dude. He just poor Crycheck. Crycheck is probably. I, I mean, if 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 our sex files reading tells us anything, he's into some some pretty hard kinky shit. And I think he just wants to get punched and slapped around. Because he just is like, take me, Mulder, and punch me and slap me around. Skinner sees him and delivers a crushing body blow. Like yes. one of those Roy Jones 96 liver punches. <laughs> just pow! And he goes down. So, ah, ah, he sounds like he's in the worst pain ever. He just blasts him in the guts. Dude. Krejcik goes through the ringer in this episode. He gets his ass whooped. Whooped, fucking locked up, like here, there, everywhere, dangling off a balcony, fucking exposed to the sun, locked in a car, locked into fucking Russian prison. I mean, uh, if he's into it, mm-hmm. maybe a little, uh, what'd you call it for the exiles? A little uh, Fifty Shades of Grey Aliens? Fifty Shades of Grey Aliens, I think. Yeah. Think, Fifty Shades so. of Greys. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Greys. There you go. That's, That's what they call him. So, uh, so he he he's definitely a Fifty Shades of Greys type. But but uh, back to the Skinner piece. What I was saying before I went off on a sort of weird homoerotic discussion about Skinner is is that Crycheck does the spy thing. Oh my God! I'm locked on the I'm locked on the balcony. I I see a man. I see the mysterious man who had the diplomatic band. Uh, uh, bag who who eluded us at the airport coming in he's being sneaky fucking Krychek slickly goes out over the balcony to hide <clears throat> pulls this fucking guy to his death <laughs> Krychek is a savage dude that's a fucking kill that's a that great a kill great spy kill some solid snake shit right there <laughs> and, and yeah dude and it's a it's a he needs Krychek needs that moment in this episode because he is on the receiving end of so much like getting his ass kicked and kind of not, I don't think he ever really seems pathetic, but he needs this moment to reinstill in the audience, the idea that he, he is a dangerous, bad motherfucker. That's a very, very good point. That's a very good point because it almost is like, he's kind of the verbal or literal beating post that we're dragging around verbal as well that we're dragging around with us, muscling up, pushing around. And we need to understand that you, and, and then there's that moment at the end where he's like, don't touch me to Mulder. Remember? That's when he's like, we're done with what you're doing. You've right, had your right. fun. I love that. I love that moment. It's, it's that great moment when Adric just tells Keeler, if you touch my breastplate <laughs> again, I will kill you. Right? Shout, he, out. <laughs> shout out to Nasty shout Grandpa. Shout out to Sir If you're not listening to the Nasty Grandpa, lose my number. <laughs> Honest to God. You guys should go download it. Nasty Gram. It's fucking easy to find. Type it in. It's an actual play podcast. You can hear Josh and I do make-em-ups. Make-em-ups. As make-em-ups. we make, make fun of people that play WoW. 
And yeah. then we record ourselves <laughs> playing fantasy characters. We, we, we record our plays playing fantasy characters with complete with voices. At least they have the dignity to control a character that they don't have to act out. <laughs> and, and assume <laughs> other people want to listen to us do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Twitch streaming counts as that. But anyway. Okay. Um, but no, uh, you know, it's, um, it is a great moment for Crycheck. And, and you're right. I didn't even think about that. We need to reestablish that he's not a buffoon, that he's in fact a man whose origins elude us, who seems to be giving us good information. And oh, by the way, at the drop of a hat, to quote Al Pacino, this guy's going to rock and roll. Mm, right? Yes. Yep. You know, it's really a great arc, not just for Crycheck, and maybe arc is too grand of a word. I, I mean, just his role in this episode for the character, but also for the audience, because you, you, I'm not saying you're placating the audience, but you know, X-Files watchers up to this point, fucking love to see finally cry check on the end of some fucking beatdowns. This is true. Mulder giving him the business, Skinner giving them business. Like Mm. it's rewarding. He fucking deserves it. There's no doubt about it, but the episode and the dynamic gets better when he gets a little little bit more into it, right? Yes. When, when he kills yes, the guy. Dude. Yes. And then especially when it becomes not just you're my fucking bitch from Mulder to Crycheck, but now, fuck, we kind of need each other. Or mm-hmm. maybe need even me. Right. Mulder needs well. Crycheck. Yes. Cry- you need me, Mulder. And That's not just in shit. that alley. And not just in that alley, <laughs> as we've discussed. So one other quick thing about that. Not the alley. That's been covered sufficiently. But um, going back to Skinner kind of walloping him, one of the things I think you are fond of reminding me and the listener of, which I sometimes actually, to be frank, forget, is that Skinner's relationship with the agents is a bit strained at times. And we don't know what Skinner is or isn't going to do. We're, we're, we assume he has <clears throat> our agent's best interest in mind, but his idea of what their best interest is in theirs could be a conflicting setup, right? Yes. Yep. So when we see Skinner loose his venom physically on Crycheck, it's almost another solidification of, oh, cool, Skinner's on our side this week, right? Yes. He also yeah. can't stand this fucking guy. That's good. That brings us all together as a team, our mutual disgust of Crycheck. That's, dude, that's a great point. You know, I talked about what we got with Crycheck, but Skinner, we haven't given a lot of love to besides bringing him up. But what you're talking about is a great fucking point in that not only Skinner's a character that we love, the audience loves him, but we really see him really put his ass out for the agents. I mean, indeed, a fucking dead guy off his balcony, a congressional hearing. Uh, telling CSM to pretty much go fuck himself. Like that's gangster shit. Skinner has like put himself out for Malden Scully before for sure. <laughs> but this might be up to what we've seen now, like the most extreme version of it. I think hands that, down it is. I, you know, I'm glad we're on the, the CSM Skinner thing. I think that's, that's a really good spot for us to sit for a second. Cause man, you, we just covered musings of a cigarette smoking man. The man who said, I've watched presidents die. Mm. If, 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 if Skinner, if, if, if CSM wanted Skinner to disappear, he would disappear in, in no amount of animal magnetism or machismo or, or former Marine badassery could stop it. 
That's yes. how powerful the CSM is. He will make you fucking go away. So for a man like Skinner to be like, eh, I don't know. And he's like, well, let me remind you that not telling me is, you know, he, he threatens him sort of subtly. Yep. And I like that Skinner has the fucking chutzpah to be like, eh, how about fuck off? I mean, yeah. in so many words. Yep. Yeah, man, it's it's good, good, good fucking shit from Skinner. And, Hell yeah. and again, CSM. I almost forgot because it's been like we skipped a week with our recordings, but Musings was the last episode we watched. So when you picture yourself back at this spot in, was it 96, 97 when this episode came out? (laughs) Sure. You see fucking, you're watching this live Sunday night on Fox. You see CSM come back on screen. It's fresh in your mind what you just saw him do. And it does give even more weight and gravity to, to Skinner's, I don't know what you want to call it, stick to or, or sure. stubbornness or support for the agents and conviction, con- conviction, much better word. I got a lot of bad podcasting to recover from this week, so <laughs> I'll take that win. <laughs> but man, dude, I'm already, I'm out of love for this episode. I'm starting to be swayed and, and I hate that it, that this happens to us all the time. <laughs> we're so fucking, we're such, we're such boys. It's so <laughs> disgusting. It's just like, it's, it's almost like this game we play. Like I'm going to come in at a like, <laughs> and then you're going to make me love it. And we're going to hug and fucking play tummy sticks. Oh God. Can we cancel this fucking podcast already? Victory laps, <laughs> fucking awards all Ugh. around. Everybody gets a ribbon. Oh my God. Oh, you're so compelling, Josh. Oh, yay. I love it. And then you're so compelling, Dean. I Dean, love what it. what a great point. Oh, how oh. insightful. This fucking podcast is terrible. One star. Hey, how many episodes have we done? A hundred. The century mark. Oh. oh my God. Oh my God. I fucking hate us. But I also love us. It's complicated, guys. It's very complicated. I can't explain. As you hear this. <laughs> I got to get the bully boy down my gullet. That lovely echo. So you're going bully boy whiskey? Mm-hmm. That's good stuff, my friend. Mm-hmm. It was like a gift you, to me. I don't remember from whom. Neat? Yes. Well, out of the bottle. I don't have a fucking glass down here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking it like a fucking pirate captain. Jesus. It's working. <laughs> um, I have such bad alcohol tolerance. It's a problem. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yay, we love it. It's all connected. All right. Yay. Um, What's, um, you know, what we, we've covered a lot of conceptual things about this episode. Hmm. Want to talk about some good, just just individual moments or scenes or shots or whatever? Because I think we've covered a lot of kind of the themes of what's going on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did allude to it, but the black oil, specifically, dude, the fucking what's his name, Doctor Doctor. Doctor it's it's a it's a funny name. It's like yeah, um, I wrote it to the on a sidebar. I'll tell you in a second. Doctor Sachs. Sachs. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Doctor Sachs. Dr. Sachs takes takes a meteorite to a fucking table saw. <laughs> or the other way around, but yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> and then uh then what a cool just that fucking scene of like it doesn't just like take him, but he's there in this weird kind of not a coma. He's standing, but he's unresponsive. They don't even Dude. know if he's alive or dead. And I was joking about it, but Pendrel is well served here. Because he is fucking scared. He should and, be. And, and maybe Scully is too, but she sure doesn't fucking show it. Yes. I mean, <clears throat> this is a great way to show, 
you know, aside from getting into a gunfight or like the opening scene, but you talk about good ways to show your character's proficiency and heroism, mm. you know, in, in, in the face of a, you know, somewhat less like an upfront threat, right? Not okay. going to the house with a barricaded perp with a gun. We're going <laughs> right. into this, what do they call that? White room or, you know, that, 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 uh, clean room. You know, clean that, room, I think is what you, clean would, I think that's the work. I think that works. Yep. But her going in there, like, <laughs> hold on. Well, my mind drifted for a second. I'm good, man. Wow. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bully boy. Second swigs the charm. I'm just, I, uh, okay. Yeah, that was probably the fourth, to be frank. <laughs> it's, I, I was thinking that was little sips, but maybe not. <laughs> I'm, blah, 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 blah. All right, we're good. Sorry. <laughs> Her going into that situation is, you know, it's badass on Scully's part. Mm-hmm. You know, in trying to f- figure out what's, what's happening, but also fucking no matter what, like this guy's life is at risk or possibly gone already. And Scully knows that in a way she she kind of helped put him in the situation and she's going to put her ass right online to, to go in there. And Pendrel is well served by being alongside to help, but also kind of be the fucking every man who's like, wait, what the fuck? We're just going to go in here. Jesus Christ. We don't know what he's exposed to. We know what happened. Scully's like, it's fine. We got suits. If it's not perforated, we're going to be okay. We're going to do this. We have to do this. It's a, it's a good moment for her. And it's, and visually him coming to, it's almost like, almost like, uh, who's the guy that plays? I can't believe I can't remember this. Jesus Christ. I'm in a, a mind fart. Um, data on next gen, Brett Spiner, Brett Spiner, when he's in independence day and he's in that, in that oh, room and the man. alien has him and he kind of like, he's not moving. And then he kind of spasms and starts talking as the, I hate it. Oh yeah. A little bit more uh, body horror. Hell yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's dark. I, I mean, yeah, it's, I like that. It's funny because in a spy caper, you don't really think of horror as one of the tonal identities you're trying to attach to your story. You might think of fear and, and oh shit moments, he's a double agent, but, but horror. And I think that's what's unique to X-Files is that the spy caper piece, the spy craft, uh, 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 what I'm going to say, technique can actually be accentuated by the use of horror. And that's a very unique genre, isn't it? Yes. That's That goes back to the world of darkness shit that, you know, fucking yeah. drink every time we mention it, right? You're adding spy and intrigue, but you're also slipping horror into it too. This sort of weird uh, gothic feel and it, and it adds a, a, a different level to it. And I think that's, probably one of the most attractive things about X-Files is, is having that piece added to it. And that's why you and I spent so much time dogging on the mythology, yet here we are still talking good about it because it's still doing what we want it to do and, and, and tapping all the little uh, tonal touchstones that just run shivers down our spines as, as to the shit we like. Yeah. It's fucking rad, but that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought up the that. But in terms of, you know, we have been talking sort of wide lens here. If we were to focus down a little bit without getting too corny, I think we discussed the kill I really like. I enjoy yep. CSM going to see the well-manicured man because it's a reminder that that the buck doesn't stop with CSM. And, and I like seeing him a little bit uncomfortable. 
I like seeing this interesting, rich old man out amongst his horses who doesn't have a phone and knowing that uh, this, this actor is such a good actor for this role because let's, let's be real. The cigarette smoking man is a man who looks like he can say, I've watched presidents die. The well-manicured man doesn't really look like that, does it? John Neville is this sort of classically trained British stage actor mm. who is a man you would imagine playing Jean-Luc Picard, right? He, he's, he's, not like a, a, he's not like this menacing-looking guy. And when you can take this mild-mannered, well-manicured man is literally what he's called in the credits for a reason, <laughs> and then to turn him into somebody who makes you really feel uncomfortable— is hard to do, and that's just a credit to a phenomenal storied actor. Yes. And 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 I like that. Like CSM, you have you know, you you can kind of come across you just your look is you kind of look like a bad guy, right? <laughs> it, it's like, you know, it, it's it's almost like I that's me. Like if you cast Dean in a movie, he's probably gonna be the bad guy. Got a big nose, kind of kind of a little weird looking, not not you wouldn't say classic. I'm not like I'm not like classically hair parted. Like I, you, I'd, I'd have a villain advantage. Do you know what I'm saying? It would be, it's really hard for a guy that looks like that to make you go, ooh, but that's, that just shows you how good of a fucking actor he is. You're not crag enough. You'd be a better anti-hero, but I'd be a better, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'd make a better anti-hero for sure. Like uh, maybe a snake Pliskin. That's my dream role. Yeah. But, um, um but it's yeah, a good point. And so good. that scene with well-manicured man, I'm glad you brought it up because we didn't even touch on it yet. The, the stakes that n- not only his role and we see CSM, we, we forget that CSM is not all powerful independent, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he is, he does answer to things. And the, the stakes that the well-manicured man puts on this, the fact that Mulder, that, um, that someone they believe is Mulder is off to Russia. And the, you know, well, well, man doesn't panic fucking for sure. But to say he's concerned, I think is an understatement. And that just shows us even more like, oh, fuck. Like, what are they onto? Right. That's such a good point. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we brought it up in the beginning, but to, to kind of hit one more great scene is just the, the fucking Russian prison shit and the Dude, final visually shot. Love this shit. All of this forest shit. These two guys in the forest sneaking around. I love when we have to go from, in, 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 and I'm sure this is something you can speak to with your love of the spycraft genre, but I like when we have to go, there's that moment, right, in the movie where it goes from dead drops, handoffs, uh, hand signals, the man with the, the, when the man opens the red umbrella, we, we, we make the phone call. Uh, all of these cool little things that spy pictures do. And then the operation has to be executed directly. Mm. And that's fucking sick. Two guys in the forest of, T- of Tunguska or Tunguska, not sure how you pronounce that. And they, they are now field operatives in a dangerous situation and they are unarmed and they're in Russia and they're in a place they don't belong and the tension is high and men chase them on horses. This is fucking awesome. Visually, all of this shit is (laughs) really cool, right? It's dope. (laughs) Him getting locked in the classic like prisoner in the next cell whispering along. Is, Is he really giving good intel? Is he a plant? 
Like that's more classic spy shit. And then just as a pure, if there's one shot, I think it's what I used for the episode drop on, uh, in Facebook, Mulder under that fucking chicken wire and not just Mulder, but that room full of people with the black (laughs) oil getting dropped on them. Yeah. You're in fucking Russia now. (laughs) You're beyond the Urals, baby. This isn't even (laughs) Moscow. You're in the fucking, you're in it, motherfucker. The people of Moscow are civilized. These people are the country bumpkins of the Russians out here, man. (laughs) Tasvidanya, motherfucker. (laughs) It's on. Let's fucking go. (laughs) This is like Russian deliverance. I, dude, I love that shit with the Russian deliverance. <laughs> squeal like a pig for me. I need you down on your knees to squeal like pig. I make you feel like borscht. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you just worked hard day in salt mine. Now squeal like pig. <laughs> Fuck. And, and that that to to bring it full circle, the power dynamic now completely shifted where mm. Krychek is like, you need me near mother. You yeah, need dude. me. I'm all you got. And a fucking guy speaks Russian. Me. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I, if, if I may, if I may sort of, uh, say this Mulder, Mulder, we've talked a lot on the X-Files podcast, guys. We've talked a lot about how Mulder's propensity to inexorably push for the truth at, against all maybe instinct, maybe <laughs> rational thought really drives him as a character. So imagine this for a minute. He isn't going to take Krychek to Russia until he swears at Mulder in Russian. And that's not an accident. <laughs> Krychek's smart. He's yes. literally swearing him in Russian because he fucking knows Mulder enough to know he's going to fucking take me because he doesn't speak Russian. And Krychek knows he doesn't speak Russian. So Krychek, Smart play, smart ploy to get his ass going with Mulder. On top of it, this point I'm making in a roundabout way, which is taking too long, is this. Mulder puts himself in a position to where he's in the middle of, as you said, beyond the fucking Urals, to be out here in the middle of fucking nowhere with a guy he doesn't trust that he's putting his trust into because he speaks Russian. So Mulder, your propensity to be driven by the truth caused you to not see the shitty situation you put yourself in with a man you have to trust because he speaks Russian. Yep. Oops. 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 I'm just going to (laughs) keep chasing this tale, though. Chasing the old truth tale. Whoops-a-daisy. And the moment when that prisoner says, he tells you other thing. He tells the girl the other thing. That's a great spy moment. He talks to them like equal. He's lying to you. And you're like, oh, man, fucking cry check. Can you blame him? Once you get caught, Krychek is like, okay, I want to survive. Fuck Mulder. Yep. Makes total sense. This is, how else did you expect Cry? Krychek is going to be a great ally right up until you guys get bagged and then he's going to survive. And if he has to serve you the fuck up, he will. I fucking love it. I love love this episode. Yay. Love it. We love it. Doing the jerk off motion for those of you at home who can't see. Um, Um, Before, do you want to get right to listener comments? You and, tell me, sir. Yeah, listener comments. Let's look at those and uh, have a listener question from the chat 
that I'm going to drop on you unexpectedly. No problem. Because I know you love it because <laughs> it requires no thought. It was from the real, chat Real today. quick, let me just address one thing in the chat. Moxie says, Henry, does a, Henry Rollins did a smoking word. He talked about traveling Trans-Siberian Rail. We talked about the crazy shit he saw going through Russia. I saw him do that at... Um, Lupus. I went to see that live. No, no, this is oh. a new one. I went to see that live. That story is a newer story um, at um, the Wilbur. So oh, I got to see talk about the, Yeah, it was really fucking cool. That was nice. uh, that was a while ago. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, so I think we're both out of love. And uh, you want to get some listener comments on this one, bud? Amen, brother. All right. Well, I got one ready. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good ones. There wasn't a, a huge amount, but there was some, it was actually pretty tough to pick. So I'm going with somebody. I th- I don't know if I've read it all. Definitely not recently, which is Channing Arnold. And Channing says, I really love this episode. Maybe the best use of cry check, cry check <clears throat> thus far in the series. I love the way they unpeel his involvement in the story. What a great way mm-hmm. to put that. Unpeel yeah. his involvement in the story. Starting the episode off with what is a completely un X Files type FBI case, figuring out Krychek who tipped them off, then getting deeper into why he tipped them off, eventually leading into some spicy Mulder Krychek buddy cop action. We not very buddies. Uh, we also get some. Uh, we also great. Bleh, we also get more great Skinner CSM dialogue with Skinner's. Thank you. I'll consider myself advised as a friend. Quip. <sighs> Scully doesn't get as much. That to was do in decent this impersonation. That, like, that, was, that was pretty good. While we're, I mean, if we're going to suck each other off tonight, let's just keep it rolling. <laughs> Scully doesn't get as much to do in this one, but shines when she's there, especially in her statement to Congress. Fuck, we didn't even really talk about that, except that it happened. Mm. Uh, this whole episode keeps you in constant suspense and just sets up a great, how the fuck does Mulder get out of this one cliffhanger? I feel like we're really in the peak of mythology right now. Channing oh. might be my type of like we're always in the peak of mythology until we very much aren't. Yeah. Um dude, I um that's really good, Channing. That's I think I think you did a good job of of sort of summarizing how this sits in the mythology, certainly better than I did. So I appreciate that perspective. That's good shit. Um okay, let's see. Michael James Bow. <clears throat> This episode is one I always think I remember, but actually don't. I always conflate it with the black oil in season three. Having just rewatched it, I fe- I like it how it almost has an earlier season feel to it. Mulder again goes off on his own, chasing a lead without knowing what the hell will happen when he gets there. It felt like a combination of Fallen Angel from season one and Piper Maru Apocrypha from season three. Plus, we all love a bit of Crycheck. Good use of him. Good, good use of him from him being the one found in the initial FBI operation all the way through to discovering what's really out there in Tunguska. That's a great point. We didn't really talk about the continuity of where he is and how he's there at the end. That's, that's a good observation. He finally, he finishes by saying, I missed, missed. Yeah. Okay. I missed, (laughs) I missed though, how he was supposed to have got out of the silo he was locked in. Hmm. Maybe that will be answered in the sequel. Oh, Crycheck, right? Yeah, I think that's who that's. To. I think that's the last time we saw him. I, I think believe. you're right. Yeah, thank you for right. that, Mr. Bo. Good shit. Um. All right, we have a listener question, and instead of pulling this one from Facebook, pulled it <laughs> right out of the chat of tonight's episode. This was brought up well, earlier. Well, before you go, but not to derail that, but La- Lisa M. <laughs> 
<laughs> the things that were much shamer than the 90s, she says. Congressional testimony, airport security, and gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. It's a really good comment. Yeah. And, right. and sorry, the, the dick sucking hasn't gone around enough. So BP9000 in the chat, he's his dick suck. He goes, hey, remember when I said the mythology was good up till the movie? Okay, Ugh. BP. I know you know the show better than we do. Mm. He does. Dude, do you, do you want to lay down or stand up, BP? You tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, you want, if you want that sort of like power king feel, you can stand there. Or if you just want to relax, just lay down, buddy. We'll take care of you. Yeah. He, All right. He's, he's been doing a lot of, uh, we haven't <laughs> mentioned BP enough. He's got a lot mm. of stuff going on in, in life. But but trust us, BP is not going anywhere. Yeah. So, All right, man. He, well, He's I wish been, you the best of luck with what you have going on and, and uh, my thoughts. Good things. Good things. Good things. Oh, new, oh awesome. New, okay, good. Sorry. New new house, moving, fucking all sorts of shit. Oh, good for Cl- you. Man. Closing a house, all that kind of good stuff. But Good for but you. Good for you. little tied up. Hasn't been doing my homework for a couple episodes, so here I am. <laughs> it really fucking shows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question. This comes yes. from White Death, a little earlier mm. in the chat. Rate everyone in this app based on who you'd most want to fuck. So most to least. Did she use that language? Yes. Rate everyone this app based on who you'd most want to fuck. Mulder, Scully, Skinner, Marita, Crycheck, Pendrel. We got six. Mulder. Let me write it down. Mulder, Skinner. Scully. Crycheck. Scully. Marita. Mm-hmm. Crycheck, fuck. Pendrel. Fuck. Pendrel. Fuck. Fuck. So that's a specific word. That's a specific word. We're fucking. We're not making love. We're not dating. We're fucking. That's a specific word, isn't it? Yeah, we be fucking. Don't judge my language is 4 a.m. What a fucking animal she is. <laughs> All right. Um, your dedication, Maja. <laughs> in, th- in her third language at 4 a.m. <laughs> Maja gets her dick sucked a lot on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and while we're handing out dick sucks, I just want to make it very clear that this is not easy for Maja because of the hours of Finland compared to Massachusetts, United States of America. And she's fucking here at every one of these live shows. And it's like the middle of the fucking night for her. So shout out to Maja for, for that. Yeah. That's, that's fucking badass. Unlike, I, we, I, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Unlike Mr. Marinara, who has a honeymoon and can't be here tonight. Honeymoons and wow fights. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Cartoon fights. All right. Car- so- cartoon fights and fleeting <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> Hang How do you on want- to it, Mikey, because it's going <laughs> to slip away. <laughs> How do you want to do this? You want to go through your whole list? You want to do like half and half? How what do you, do you think? Do- Why don't you give me your top three? I'll give you my top three. Then I'll give you my bottom three. You give me your bottom three. Kind of like a snake draft. How about that? <laughs> snake draft, huh? You know how snake works. I do. I certainly do. Okay. Um, why don't we, do you want to go one for one instead of just running all three? I think there's more uh, yeah, suspense sure, that way. Sure, and let's sure. start with three, two, one. Okay. All right, so to, we're going, <laughs> get okay, we're starting now. in the middle. We're starting in the middle, <laughs> working our way up and then we're going to work our way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're proper gonna, lovers, like proper lovers. <laughs> I'm going to get you up top. We're going to finish down low. <laughs> <laughs> like a proper lover. All right. Um, so Mulder, Skinner, Crychek, Scully, Rita, and Pendril. Um, assuming I am uh, uh, pansexual, yeah, we're, we're, we're into it? it all. We're into it all, baby. All right. Um, let's start with my number three of my top three. Fucking, fucking, fucking. 
There's two girls and four guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a lot more dick sucking than we even, even knew up to now. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying they might not be my top. Um, number three for fucking is going to be Skinner. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh he is the hottest of them when it comes to fucking (laughs) do you know what i'm saying yeah yep like you it's in in the scene is going to be in his office on his desk and i'm just imagining i'm a beautiful brunette in this situation but anyway um number two fucking huh Oh, wait, we going we going one for one. Or are you going to talk? Oh, for- oh, my fault, my fault. Go, 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 go. Well, go. it won't be three? that fun because I wrote them down. I get Skinner at number three too. Yeah, I, it, this is. I think we're going to be lined. I think we're finding something about ourselves. Here. <laughs> every time we do this list, it's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't need an- to know that you fantasize about the same shit I do, Josh. I don't <laughs> know if I'm comfortable with that. Just <laughs> animal magnetism. Yeah, yep. animal magnetism. Okay, number two for me of my top three for. Make no mistake. Wait, wait, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first on two. We'll go back because oh, we're forth. snaking. We're snaking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, snake, go. Snake, 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 snake. My number two, Marita. All right, and some of this comes down to just the dynamic in this one particular episode. The the femme fatale thing, the succubus, the hmm. late night in this room coming to her at a time of need. The the power, the mystery, the mm-hmm. huskiness. The fucking straight up hotness. Of course. Yep. It's Marita. All right. Um, I am going for my number two, Scully. Because it's fucking Scully. I feel like at this stage of the game, I know Scully pretty well. I think we have chemistry at this stage of the game. And uh, and I think I could leverage that relationship in in a very steamy, check my back for weird alien bumps sort of uh, it goes from there moment. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I show up. She's like, what are you doing here? And she can't sleep or I can't sleep or, it, you know, this is how it goes. It's a, it's a random hotel in the middle of bum fuck America while we're working on a weird vampire case. Okay. <clears throat> She's like concerned it. about, about a, a mark on her body. That's how that starts. I don't know <laughs> where we're going to get this detailed. <laughs> Stop it. Um, What's your number one? Go with the Tony. Uh, I gotta go with Mona. All right. Um, (laughs) Yo, Angela, do you like me in these tight jeans? All right. uh, Number one, Marita. Oh, shit. Number one is Marita. Oh, aren't you a fucking cisgendered piece of shit putting the two women uh, on top? (laughs) (laughs) On top, underneath, from behind, I don't really care. Whatever they want, to be frank. Um, Marita from the side, uh, Marita is, I have this real, real thing for husky voiced mid nineties women, <laughs> yeah, you do. Madeline Stowe's, Linda Fiorentino's, and let's just both brunettes, by the way, and let's just throw Marita in the mix to round it off and show some love to the blondes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Cause you know, I don't, cause blondes don't get enough attention already. I know shit. It's it, it's so funny when you know as you get older, you're like, I don't give a fuck what color your hair is. <laughs> like that's like kid shit, right? It's like the tits are for kids thing. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I don't give a fuck about how big your tits are, what color your hair is. To be frank, um, yeah. I'm not. You can't be a fucking troglodyte. Call me shallow, but 
Neither can the guy you're fucking, so don't come at me. <laughs> you're not going to fuck a troglodyte, ladies. Just be real. But um, Marita, because I imagine this sort of interesting professional rivalry and mystery would really, as you pointed out, heighten the tension as it relates to uh, the sexual tension in the room, the sexual tension that you guys feel, the, the, is that a professional look? Is that a different kind of look? Oh, interesting. Lots of, lots being said between Marita and myself in this high rise in fucking Shanghai somewhere that's not actually being said. And we just kind of know what to do, right? <laughs> that femme fatale meetup. I love that. I think that's, I think, I think I got to go Marita. Cause by the way, we're talking about fucking. We're fucking. We're talking about fucking. We finally diverge a bit on the first time ever on one of these lists. Yes. My number one, cry check. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude. <laughs> listen, if somebody's going to get fucked, it's got to be you showdown with cry check. Because that We've is a, about it. it's a sex fight. You're sex going fight. in. It's bunny ears unaddressed. Guns blazing. Nobody's knowing who's going where. It's going to be a struggle. And and but the only guarantee in that situation is somebody's getting fucked. Mm-hmm. So, so he's your four. Did you say he's your six, five, or four? This is one. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, he's your number I'm one going, in your top I'm, three. I'm going fucking whatever <laughs> you call it. Pan. No, pan, I got. Yeah. Like you're going. Men, that's fine. Men, keep, woman keep, aside. Keep so, it rolling. So I'm going up top with Crycheck. So I got three at Skinner, two Marita, one Crycheck. Now did. we're going to go work our way down, four, five, six. I Just got- to summarize, I had Skinner, Scully, Marita. Uh, do we need to painstakingly walk through each of these in no. the imagined scenarios? Because I don't know if I'm that creative in this moment. <laughs> I got four. I got Scully. <clears throat> I'm just a little bit too emotionally invested to just... You know, for a, for a one off fuck off. That's right. I mean, it's it's not that she's any less appealing. Obviously, you know, talking I, about you know somebody. I you know how I imagine it though with her. I imagine I imagine maybe I'm revising my my I'm revising my fantasy now because I imagine <laughs> her just sort of assertively bashing like busting through the door. I don't mean physically kicking it in, but just you knock, the door comes open, and she's just at you because enough is enough. <laughs> okay. All Do right, you see what I'm saying? Let me work my zipper free. <laughs> <laughs> now know. you need to revise it, don't you? <laughs> right, She's like, it. no more games. <laughs> Whereas I feel like with Marita, it's going to be a fun a fun amount of games and intrigue. Okay. And I think, you, do you see what I'm saying? Whereas I think, <laughs> yeah, that's a different angle. I like Scu- that angle. You like that angle where like Scully's going to be like, enough is enough. Let's go. <laughs> All right. The buildup alone would be yeah. exactly pinnacled. Pinnacled. God damn. I got to get off this fucking, I got to get off this episode. <laughs> All right. That's my four. What do you got? <laughs> um, so you're going four, five, six. Yeah. That was my four. So you're four and then you're five. My four is Crycheck. Four. He's he's number four easily. Four is Crycheck because <laughs> okay. it's Crycheck. It's it's dangerous. It's bad. There's bruises. It's fucking wild. You you you're not sure if it, it was. You don't. Did you make a mistake? You're you fuck so up. You're at work. The next you're day. sitting in your car, kind of ashamed of yourself. But also, you might pull to it for a couple months, <laughs> and you—you you know what I'm saying? You—you—you you, 
you might not tell anybody about it. You're like, wait, that was, I didn't even know I, I liked that. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what cry no, check yeah, is to me. Yeah. That's a number four. Okay, number five. Handcuffs hanging off the balcony as much. <laughs> really work for that nut. Um, all right, go ahead. Michael Hutchins level orgasm. Um, <laughs> sorry. A suicide uh, no. blonde. <laughs> you're, you're five. You're five first. My five is Mulder. <laughs> and, and only because it Pendrel had to be the bottom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I feel like I'm betraying you. <laughs> here we. I, I feel like he, I'm betraying you, Josh. Here we come, Sapatico. <laughs> I got five Mulder. I got six Pendrel. Listen. Oh, okay. Pendrel's not there for the fucking. Okay. That's right. I'm not saying he's not going to do a good job. I've talked about it before. That is a straight up, attentive, yeoman, workman like behavior in the bedroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never said it was there for the fiery passion, okay? It would be, you know what it would be like? Do you remember in uh, Natural Born Killers when that, when Juliette Lewis is, she's just this crazy psycho bitch and she gets that gas station attendant to start going down on her on the, on the hood of the car? Yeah. She, he just like starts eating her pussy like under her skirt and then she's just like, oh, oh. And then she's like, that's the worst fucking head I ever got. That's Pendril, unfortunately. Actually, you know what? Here's what I got to do. And then she kills him in that movie. I'm not saying kill Pendrel. I'm not saying be Mallory Knox. I'm just saying that's, I think that's what would happen. Just sadly. to hold my torch to Pendrel, I'm going to swap him. I'm going to put Pendrel no! five and Mulder six. And here's why. Hold okay, on. Fine. Here's ahead. why. Mulder in the bedroom is just like Mulder on the case. It's all about his quest. Okay. What he, is the quest? The quest for getting off in this case. Mulder okay, so, is Okay, so so you think he's a selfish lover? <laughs> yes, I do. He's a selfish partner. He's a selfish lover. He, okay. I'm not saying Pendrel would be the most amazing thing ever, but he would make you feel like you were the most amazing thing ever. You want to talk about oh, cheerleading man. as you're going to town? He would make you feel like fucking Don Juan <laughs> Della Nooch <laughs> when you're bounding away. <laughs> Are you familiar with the contours of a woman? Oh my God, I've never felt like this before. I don't know, man. I think, you know, here's Pendrel's problem. His problem would be a, a high school problem. And, and it's high, high school sex, if okay. any of you have had it. It would be the, the really, like, is this okay? Or is this good? Are we good? Like, it'd be too much of that. And and it'd be like putting he I think Pendrel would inadvertently put a lot of pressure on you and your <laughs> pleasure to where you'd have to fake an orgasm just to get him to shut the fuck up about wondering if you came yet. You know what I'm saying? I, like, agree I, to disagree, sir. I think he would make you feel like a champ. Okay. I don't want to wreck a friendship over this dean. But we've been through a lot together, but we're just gonna we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to cut this short before things get ugly. Okay. Oh god, that was a fucking that was a good tag. All right. <laughs> so Benjamin's my bottom because I think he'd be too concerned with my pleasure to where he put so much pressure on me I wouldn't come. As a woman, I'm saying. Guys always come. Alright, now that we got that squirt away. Because it's fine, you're fucking great! <laughs> Jesus! Yes, it's super! <laughs> Shut up! Uh good good uh good insight in the chat um from Fuck, from good. Carolyn. A solid thirty-two minutes of this two hour podcast is about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do we still retain a listenership? Sorry. Okay. How do we go listen to fucking Camille Nunjani if you want? <laughs> get, get fucked. 
<laughs> Go fuck yourself. Imagine or- his fucking washboard abs working between your thighs. Oh my god, <laughs> he got jacked, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. dude. He's he is exhibit A in why being hot as a guy is just about being rich and having time. <laughs> like to be a beautiful woman, you've got to have something intrinsic. <laughs> To be a fucking stud guy, you just need money and time. Luckily, luckily, uh, luckily, we can fool women with personality. <laughs> yeah, we can use trickery to get laid. Wise, <laughs> even if we kind of look like we got in the face a little bit. <laughs> antiheroes, we got antihero faces. <laughs> hey, I'll take uh, it. Sometimes antihero. Sometimes people want to fuck antiheroes. I'll take that as a win tonight. They're my favorite characters. That. I need that vote of confidence tonight, Josh. Yeah. Who do you want to fuck? Orlando Bloom or fucking no. Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean? Johnny Depp. Okay. On go. the island. Done. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, All right. Uh, I think we really covered Tungo Scuffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I know you're all waiting with bated breath for part two. <laughs> and that will be Terma. And um, we, we do have to talk about some- Terma. Terma. Got it. Um, at some point we got a slate in our, uh, March Madness listener, uh, or, or winner question. Oh, let's talk episode. about the, yes. And let's quickly discuss the stickers. The reason they haven't been sent out is my fault. Um, on Tuesday, I will be putting those in Josh's hand and we'll be good. Oh yes. Right. So that's on me. They will be forthcoming. We had a little, a few missed dead drops, but yeah. they'll, they'll <laughs> yeah, be in a row. Go. Um, so I cannot do next week. Um, I'll, I'm going to have to go with every stick with every other week. I was hoping to do week to week to catch up, but next week is mama, mama's birthday. So I'm going out to dinner, dinner with mom. What's mama doing? Mama's awesome. She's your good. mom kicks ass. Yeah. She's badass. Badass lady. She kept your fucking ass in line. That's for sure. I Oof. feel so bad for her. I am the number one reason that I will never have kids because I think about yeah. how awesome my parents are and what I'm like. <laughs> you can't live up to mama bear's standards that's for sure no offense but so, so um, two weeks let's call it june 10th and um yeah it'll either be terma or i mean at some point we do have to get this listener one in i mean we could figure out a night we want to cram to but that will be i don't know we'll figure it out yeah and uh, i'll be doing dune next week then because we're not doing it this week because of the reschedule so ah, there we go Good. all right guys H- hurry up well, we're doing josh and the spirit of the X-Files podcast. Tell these good people goodbye. You need me and your mother. You've been listening to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net That's libertystreetgeek.net Libertystreetgeek.net